Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Now back to 95.7 The Game. Hello, Whitey Gleason, Jason Dumas, 95.7 The Game. Hope you're having a wonderful Easter Sunday, Ramadan, Passover weekend. Jason's busy. He was at the Warriors game last night. Of course, the Warriors with the big win over the Nuggets. And then you're off to Warrior practice today? Yeah. After we hop off air, we're going to shoot down to Chase Center. Some fun stuff going on there. Getting some interviews in uh, after practice. We'll also hear from Steve Kerr and, and the gang. And, Is it uh, true, Jason, that you're such a dogged defender that sometimes Coach Kerr will have you out on the floor or Garden staff or or Jordan Poole? <laughs> I've heard – I don't know if it's true. I wish that was true. Okay. Because right. I could probably parlay into that some money. Um, but no. That's Not the, true. That's an right. old uh, Bay Area folk tale, I guess. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, and then after that, after practice, I'm heading to Cron 4, and then, you know, we – I'll anchor our sports cast tonight, and then we have Sports Night Live at 10, 30, Hoop Session at 11, so an hour of just premium sports yeah. coverage and Who programming. joined you for that hoop coverage tonight? Uh, I'm hosting solo tonight. Oh, okay. Hosting solo tonight. My co-host for Hoop Session is uh, out of town. All right. So hosting solo, and that should be a fun time. Yeah. Uh, looking forward to that. What a great time to be talking sports, talking basketball. It's also the first time in a while that we've had the playoffs starting when the playoffs are supposed to start, right? It's been a long time since the Warriors have been in the playoffs. And then with a the pandemic, we've been off schedule. So it just feels right this time of year to have the NBA playoffs tipping off. 888-957-9570. Brian joins us on 95.7 The Game. Brian, what would you think of the Dubs' big win last night? Yeah, man, that was great. Uh, can you hear me? Yes. Yeah, we got you, Brian. Yeah. All right, word. Uh, I just want to give a big shout-out to the Chase Center because there was a moment where there was like three minutes left in the game where they took everybody out. They took everybody out. Steph Curry left. Clay Thompson left. Iguodala, I think, was walking out. They took Draymond Green out. Everybody knew in that arena that we were going to win that game. And they started chanting. And they started chanting so loud that it literally reminded me of the good old times, like Oracle. Like, it really was loud. And I just want to shout out to everybody in that theater mm-hmm. last night that shouted out because, like, I, you could tell I'm getting emotional. I never even thought it would ever get to that 
like again, like I thought once Oracle and, and they moved from Oklahoma, I thought it was over. I thought it was over, but you know what? It's not over. And that that chant, Warriors, is just so disheartening to any team. Like, it's the best chant on the planet. There is no other sports team where you could chant something better than the Warriors. And I just want to shout out Chase Center. Thank you very much for listening to me. Thank you, Brian. Word. Yeah, thank you for sharing. Wow. Yeah, in some other cities, they have that all, you know. Yeah, you're right. There's nothing like Warriors. That was a great moment. I wasn't there like you were, Jason, but that was a great moment. People have been so starved for postseason hoops that they're crying. Yeah. Yeah. But it's more than that. It's also the fact that, as we've said, this whole year has been against this backdrop of is there still enough fuel in the tank for this aging core? Can they make another run? And last night it looked like, you know what? I think they can. Um, so, you know, that's that that's really positive too. Is this the end of something? Last night it didn't look like the end of anything. Uh, and it, 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 it forces you to reflect on the old times uh, while at the same time look, looking ahead to what may be an unforgettable postseason. Yeah, you know, um, the Chase Chase Center was amazing on Saturday, and I'll be there again tomorrow night. Um, I expect the same thing. I actually expected it to be a little better on a on a Monday, even though I know people work and whatnot. But like the Monday Saturday Saturday night games are cool, but a lot of people have other plans and there's other stuff going on. Monday it's like all you do is focus on hoops. Yeah. Um, that was a cool moment that he's describing. Oh, yeah. Started. And For Steve sure. Kerr looked like he was going to have Steph and Clay and Poole and Wiggins and Draymond on the floor a little longer in the fourth quarter, and then he realized, nah, we don't need to do this. Let's start taking people out. And it was uh, – Yeah, Kaminga came in. Finally yeah. got his burn. Yeah, yeah. That I was itching for. The numbers for Jokic last night. I think you and I agree he should be the MVP again this year. No, I don't agree with that. Oh, you don't think he should? No. Oh, Embiid's your guy. Embiid's my okay, guy. Okay, okay. You know that, Whitey. Yeah. I thought you said earlier that you thought he would be MVP. I, I think, missed him. No, I think he will. I think you think he will be. Okay. Yeah, I, I think he will. And a lot of the voters have already come out on Twitter and say said who they voted for, and it just seems like it's going to be Embiid or, or it's going to be Jokic. But, um, no, I think Embiid should have won that award. Should win an award. Okay. Well, either way, Jokic last night, 25-10-6. And, and the Warriors look at that and go, that's fine. Right? I mean, those are good numbers. But if that's the way he's going to be in this series, this thing ain't going to last long. Mm-mm. And and you look at the uh, – how many games has it been now that they've played? They've played five games this season, these two teams, four regular season, of course, and last night. And Jokic hasn't been that great. So how come – you mentioned one reason already. Draymond Green last night did a really good job, made him work very hard. Obviously, Draymond wasn't in the other four games, but last night – Jokic get the ball in the post and Draymond made him work really hard for some of those shots. Some of them were awkward shots. That's why it was only 12 for 25. Yeah, no, 100%. And the big thing about Jokic is they didn't allow him to play make the same way he usually play makes like Draymond Green made him uncomfortable. He got the ball. He wasn't allowed to, he wasn't um, able to survey the floor the way he usually surveys the floor, find this guy, get it to this pocket they cut off his water. You can score all the points you want, 
but you're not going to get everybody else involved, and yeah. it's not going to be this whole point guard Jokic thing. And they didn't allow that, and it showed in the Nuggets' offense. And all they have to do is that three more times. Easier said than done, but if they do that three more times, hopefully they can get a lot of rest before round two. I think there was one play, and I think Anthony Slater highlighted this in his you know, typically outstanding piece in The Athletic. Jokic got the ball baseline. He spins baseline, and Jordan Poole had been cheating over like he was going to dig down on him. Uh, actually, he came over to rotate, and he left a guy in the corner. So Jokic finds a shooter in the corner who missed the shot. But I think it was Iguodala chewing Jordan Poole out. It's like, you, you, we don't do that against him. Now, it didn't matter, but you can't leave the perimeter shooters open when Jokic is down in the post. And I'm glad that there's still – the game is in hand and the vets are still teaching out there. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm glad. That's going to stick with Jordan Poole. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he he can take criticism. Right, uh, right. Not, and he understood, I think, it's, oh, yeah, 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 we're not supposed to do that. Because they've been working on that all week, these rules for how to defend Jokic. Right. And they did a damn good job yesterday. Um, it's funny, we have on the Xfinity mobile text line from the 510, how dare you forget it's opening day for my A's tomorrow. Chase Center will struggle to good fill point. up. I think, <laughs> I think he's good saying, point. I think he's saying that in jest. But it's funny that he says that because over at Cron, one of our assignment desk editors is like, so what's your plan for the A's game? And I was like... Tomorrow just so happens that I'm the only one on the schedule. We usually have three sports reporters, anchors. One's on PTO, she's getting married this 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 coming weekend, and and the other is just her scheduled day off. And then it's just me. So I was like, I'm, but you're the boss, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm the boss. Uh, it's A's opening day. You're not taking a day off, whoever. <laughs> yeah, no, right? Uh, Am I right, Sterling? You're uh-uh. like, hello, this is Jason. Uh, you better get to work because it's A's opening day. Click. You don't even get a response. You just, right? I don't, I, I don't have that pull. You get your ass beat and you get your ass fired. I would say I'm someone's manager, not someone's boss. All right. Um, That's fine. Obviously, you know what you're doing. Anyway, I, I told my assignment desk editor, I was like, unfortunately, I'm going to that Warriors game. But... We we assigned a news reporter, so a news okay. reporter is going right. to be there. Fair Con four is still going to have some coverage from the A's game. You know, it'll be cool, but that's some bad luck for the A's. The opening day falls on the same night as an NBA playoff game. They might struggle to get five thousand people Suits there. You mean maybe right? Maybe bad news for the uh, for the Warriors, right? Yeah. Where is everybody? Ah, oh, they're all at the A's game. They're all Oakland. Yeah. Who 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 are, who's was, Oakland playing? Pittsburgh, was, right? Someone. I was just going to ask you the same. It's actually not Pittsburgh. It's if it's uh, opening night against Pittsburgh, that they're not going to draw very well. No, I said Pittsburgh because I'm going to a Cubs game <laughs> in Chicago this weekend, and they're playing Pittsburgh. It's they, even worse Baltimore. than playing the Orioles. Oh God, it's even worse than Pittsburgh. The birds of Baltimore. Baltimore. They got that one guy, and then the other guy. Yeah. So Baltimore versus not Oakland. a great draw. You got yeah. Trey Mancini, John Means. How many people do you think would recognize Trey Mancini if he was walking uh, down the Embarcadero? I think any member of the immediate Mancini family has a shot. <laughs> has a shot. Other than that, I don't know. I don't know. I'll um, be honest. I wouldn't recognize him. Yeah. I'd be like, what's up, bro? I'll keep walking. <laughs> You're not Trey Mancini. Now I'm going to be looking down this. Everybody, hey, tomorrow around the bed. You're not Trey Mancini, are you? Let me. Google, okay, I didn't think so. Didn't let me Google so. image this guy right now. Here's another reason, Jason, why uh, – Mr. Jokic struggles a little bit against the Warriors. Again, he had good numbers last night. But we're talking about an MVP, a guy who who has to 
carry his whole team, which is part of the problem. The Warriors are able to get him out on the open floor defensively, and he's not a bad defender. He's probably better than he gets credit for being, but that's not his game, and he's you can't take him off the floor, right? If you're Michael Malone, you he's got to be on the floor for you. So the Warriors did a great job last night of compromising Jokic. And then the third reason, you know, Jokic is, would you say he's a pretty good for a big man, pretty good three-point shooter? Yeah. Got a little range. Mm-hmm. Here's his three-point shooting numbers against the Warriors this year. 0 for 5, 3 for 5, 0 for 0, 0 for 8, 0 for 4. So he's only in only one game this year has he made a single three-pointer. 3 for 5. Other than that, he hasn't made any. He's had three offers. He's 3 for 22 from the three-point line against the Warriors this year. 136 percentage. That's why I would have preferred the Nuggets over the Jazz. Even though the Jazz have their own flaws, they kind of kill uh, Gobert when he does that drop coverage. Uh, I thought the Warriors were pretty well off on either way it leaned, whether it was Jazz or the Nuggets. But with Draymond back and finally playing against the Nuggets, I just knew it was going to be a complete different matchup. And, you know, it's only been one game. I don't want to get overconfident, but I did not see anything last night that indicated the Nuggets have a chance in this series. I know. I know what you mean, and you're 100% right. As someone texted in earlier or called in earlier to remind us, guys, it's just one game. Yes, but that was such an important game with so many moving parts and so much at stake. Um, and Steph coming back. How's Steph going to be? How's he, when's he going to play? What are they going to do about his minutes restriction? How's that all going to work? Pools in the playoffs now. How's that going to work? What is Wiggins going to do? Are the Warriors going to be able to make shots? Can they handle Jokic? And it was like, yes, 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 yes. Right on down the line. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. Yeah, there was, like I said, my biggest complaint was that Jonathan Kaminga didn't play more. Mm-hmm. And that was a complaint. Uh, that was kind of an irrational one because he didn't have to play that much. And honestly, Steve Kerr should trust Andre Iguodala more than Kaminga at this point. And Otto Porter, like, and Belly. Those are just guys who are going to play. Steve Kerr, amazing. Steve Kerr loves Belly. It's pretty clear because there were so many moments this season where I don't think he deserved rotation minutes, and they never wavered. He never fell out the rotation once this season, and I think he should have. But I also don't get paid to coach the Warriors, and the guy who does get paid has won a couple championships. So. Yes, yeah. So, you know, who who am I to really critique Steve Kerr? So, you know, Kaminga will get his time, and like I said, I think I think next round it might be a series where he has more potential and opportunities to play just because of the makeup of those two teams. That Who's the it going to be in the next like? round if the Warriors win? And it certainly looks like they will. It's going to be. I know we've danced around this all day. Who will the Warriors be facing in the next round? Uh, it's going to be the Grizzlies. I think the Grizzlies are going to wake up. They needed this. They needed to the wake up call. They needed to get spanked beat. at home. They lost home court yesterday and they got embarrassed. They did, but they did. But look, this team had the second best record in basketball. They'll bounce back. Um, They just need it. They needed that humbling moment, and it happens every now and then. Uh, I like the Timberwolves. I think the Timberwolves have, quote-unquote, arrived. Like, we can expect this Timberwolves team. That's a big win for them over, obviously. But, I mean, the Clippers game, that was one of those things. Well, you know, the Timberwolves of old will find a way to fold up like a tent in this game. And they got it done. I mean, the Clippers were up by, like, seven with, like, four minutes to go. I thought that game was over. Um, and like Ty Lue, I think coached a good season for the Clippers. He's a really good coach. He is. He is. And 
you know, they didn't have Paul George or Kawhi right. Leonard for like most of the season. You know, those are two like the top. They didn't, like, they didn't, no one talks about this, but they didn't have Luke Kennard either in the in the plans. Yeah, so right. He's a good shooter. Yeah. He is. No That's, one talks he, about that. But. He led the NBA in three point shooting percentage this year. Hmm. Guy shot like almost fifty percent from three. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that was a really good win against the Clippers. Yes, and then that's why I, Jason, pardon me, but important point: the celebration. JD and I talked about this yesterday. You know, some people wondered about. Hmm, I thought it was totally uh, acceptable from the Timberwolves, given where that franchise has been. Patrick Beverly's, you know, up on the table. Anthony Edwards. I thought, yep, they deserve every bit of that. The crying was a bit much for me. <laughs> I oh, you know who was crying? Pat Beverly oh. was crying. There's no that, crying. That was a bit much for me. And I'm not one of these guys. I don't want to get too emotional, but I am. That meant a lot to him to beat his old team, the team that had rejected him, and he beat them down and sent them home. Tighten up, people. I'm Bev. starting to get emotional about it myself. I didn't understand all the tears. The standing on the scorer's table, the celebration, I was cool with that. I thought it was cool. Like, I actually tweeted a picture of Anthony Edwards on the scorer's table and said, like, this is his moment. I'm so happy for him. Once I saw the, the tears start streaming down P-Bev's face, I was like, all right, guys, come on. You have a game in, like, four days against Memphis. Tighten up. Mm-hmm. What, what do you make of this text here as we discuss uh, uh, Jokic and the Warriors last night? This is Greg and SF. I love Greg's text. Jokic looked highly overrated last night. It wasn't only the overrated green, as Porter and Bielitsa even stopped Denver's pseudo-MVP one-on-one in the paint. Michael Malone did his best Terry Stotts imitation with no game plan, no adjustments, and no clue, so this series is over. Greg and Ah, I agree. I agree. Uh, and P.S., uh, the Hawks didn't cover. They- what? Oh, <laughs> Sterling. 115 to 91. I'm now homeless. Thanks, Jason. <laughs> yeah, earlier we played Bet Sterling's mom's house on an NBA line, and Jason went with Atlanta plus seven at Miami. So, um, will you take care of that for us, Sterling? I don't want to call your mom and tell her she lost her house. Can you explain it to her? Yeah, I'll say, hey, mom, sorry, Jason lost the bet for us on the radio. I, I, the house is we'll gone. We'll figure now. something out. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll figure something out. something out. But thanks. Yeah. And thank her for being a good sport, would you? Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, anyway, back back to the dubs. <laughs> back to the dubs. Yeah, like Greg says, Greg, but he slipped it in there, and this is one of his uh, recurring themes here. Draymond Green overrated. Yeah, no, I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that. Uh, I also I, don't agree that Michael Malone has no clue. He, he he's a good coach. Yeah, he got a lot out of that team this year without two of their best players, and he'll have. I don't know if it'll be enough. I don't think it will be, but he'll have some adjustments. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he'll, he he's a really good coach. And adjustment uh, one will be, hey, Eric Gordon, make a shot, right? <laughs> <laughs> All you got to do is look at the Warriors' record without Draymond. Aaron Green. Gordon, pardon me. Yeah, yeah. I said Eric Gordon. Yeah, I knew what you meant. Yeah, look look at the Warriors' record without Draymond Green, and then ask yourself how you can consider him overrated when you see how the team plays without him. Mm-hmm. That's that's really the only argument that needs to be had when talking about Draymond Green. They win with when he plays pretty much like at like an 80% clip. Right. And that drops exponentially when he doesn't play. Well, this series, I think, is all but over. I do think that the officials are going to make it a lot tougher on the Warriors when the series goes back to Denver. I think that's the nature of NBA playoff series. 
Uh, I think some of the f- touches that we saw last night are going to be fouls. So Denver will get one, maybe two in Denver. I don't know. But ultimately, I don't think it's going to matter. Then we'll see where Steph is. Then at some point, Steve Kerr has to decide, am I going to start Jordan Poole? Last night when asked about that, he said, oh, we'll, we'll figure that out when we get there. But it's uh, a great sign for the Warriors that they, they appear to have things on track. At a time when the team they're likely to play in the next round, Memphis, all of a sudden, they got some issues. There's pressure on a young team at home when all of a sudden they're supposed to win, Jason. When you're the underdog all season long, it's like, yeah, we'll show you. But then all of a sudden, all right, you're home, you're the two seed, and you're supposed to win now. Sometimes there's a unique kind of playoff pressure that could be too much for a young team to handle. Yeah, no, exactly. And everyone picked the Warriors to win this game, and they came out and they over – they. They overachieved in terms of expectations in my mind. I didn't think they were going to blow out Denver. I thought it would be a fairly close game, and the Warriors will pull it out at the end. But they blew them out. They set the tone. And um, they're not the favorite to win the West. So I think they love that. Uh, Steph mentioned a couple days ago, he goes, the only one picking us this year is our family members. Right. And Jason Dumas. So he didn't he, mention you. No, nah, he didn't say. I that. think because he considers you a family member. That's why. <laughs> um, anyway, so you know, I think they're they're kind of secretly reveling in the fact that they're the hunter and not the hunted. Oh, they love that. Yeah, they've always loved that. Yeah, because you know they had that five year stretch where they were expected to win everything, and by the end of it, you could tell they were fatigued. Um, they needed a break. And a break came in a big form. They won, like, what, like 10 games next year? They were terrible. Um, Clay gets hurt. 15. 15. 15 and 50. Clay gets hurt. Steph gets hurt. Draymond just kind of mailed it in. and Then the next year is the play-in. Mm-hmm. They lose the play-in game after they should have beat the Lakers. And LeBron hits that crazy shot. So then they host Memphis, and they lose to Memphis. And the season's just over just like that. And coming into this year, I was – I had a lot of questions. I was like, eh, mate, they're probably going to be like five seed, six seed. They come in and for, shoot, they were the best team in basketball for like the first two months. Now, if you had a vote, do you have a vote on the awards? I NBA? don't. Okay. If you did, who would get your vote for NBA Coach of the Year? And by the way, would Jordan Poole be most improved player or sixth man of the year? Where would he be on your ballots? Jordan Poole would win uh, most improved. Uh, I'd go with Desmond Bain. Desmond Bain's good, too. Desmond Bain doubled his scoring average and was a you know a mainstay on a team that finished second in the West and they had to do that a lot without their best player. So I would probably give the Taylor Jenkins. Yeah, Memphis is coach. I go back and forth between Taylor Jenkins and Finch. Yeah, and a lot of people say Monty Williams, but it's just like I mean they they nearly won it all last year. I can't give him coach of the year. Yeah, I, yeah, no, I would I would go Taylor Jenkins. With Memphis, they had the second best record in basketball. Who would have? Would you have predicted that? Before I did the not predict that, Jason. I'll be honest with you. Yeah. So I don't think a soul would have predicted Memphis to finish second in the West, second best record in the NBA. Um, what was Memphis like? Twenty and two when Ja didn't play. So like he was able to coat when his best player didn't play. He still kept his team afloat. Yeah. So uh, he would be my vote for Coach of the Year. Here's a great question from Jan in the six five zero. So I noticed this too. Seeing Jamal Murray's expression on the bench several times last night, 
Do you think he will play in Game 3 in Denver? He looked frustrated. We will answer that coming up. Also, we'll look at uh, whether the Warriors have finally found that other star that they've been so desperate to acquire one way or the other. That's next as we head down the home stretch here. Whitey Gleason, Jason Dumas, 95.7 The Game. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Now back to 95.7 The Game. Whitey Gleason and Jason Dumas uh, getting ready to head down the home stretch here. Then we're going to give away top of the hour to... Our good friends, Shamari Block from Vallejo, V-Town, and uh, Alan Stiles. Alan's out there in the lobby, and he's uh, eating a sandwich. Talking eating a burrito. To, oh, I'm sorry, burrito. Uh, talking with Evan Giddings. And the thing about Alan, you know, he played baseball at a really high level, right? He's a really good baseball player. But I can't talk baseball with him because he says he wants an 80-game season. And I don't know, some of it I think <laughs> he may be – he may know it bothers me, and so maybe he's trying to, you know, get me going. But, like, yeah. Just thinking about it makes me feel dirty. An 80-game baseball season? Come on. Anyway, they're they're coming up. I was listening to him. He, he has a way. He has a knack for getting me going. He's not even the best hitter in his house. Really? No. His fiance, she's the athlete really? of that household. She's a softball player. And she's a better bowler, too. Wow. So we got to calm that down with Allen. That's my guy. But he, Is it true that Allen is like good glove, no stick? I'm not sure. Okay. I just I just know his, I think his he fiance might have told is a me stud. That. Really? Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. Yeah, so uh, Shamari and Allen are are coming up here. We got a lot to wrap up here because we got so many great questions and so much great feedback here on the text line, which we appreciate, 888-957-9570. I mentioned we're going to address the Jamal Murray thing, and it was Jan650 asking, do you think Jamal Murray might play in Game 3 on TV? He looked frustrated. I don't know if you were privy to any of that there being at the game last night, Jason. Maybe you have monitors there. Maybe you actually talked to Jamal Murray. But there was a shot late in the game where 
you know, they showed his face and he really looked, I don't know what, but not happy, distraught, frustrated. So I know that's been something that's kind of been hanging over this series. Oh, Jamal Murray, is he coming back? I it, Apparently it's up to him, right? And he's not sure that physically that he's ready to come back. That's which what is I understandable. That's what I heard too. I heard that the doctors have cleared him and he just and Clay Thompson talked about that a little. He talked about the mental hurdles that it takes and uh for those who don't know, obviously Jamal Murray he tore that ACL here in San Francisco at Chase Center about a year ago. Yeah. And Clay Thompson was one of the first people to visit him in the hospital. Uh clearly Clay could relate given he tore his ACL, then he tore his Achilles in, in back-to-back seasons. Um, and Clay just said, it's just like mentally, it's like trusting your body again, those quick twitch movements. Can you do them without getting re-hurt? Can you just explode? And Clay said, if there's any second guessing, you don't want to come back yet because that's how you get hurt again. Or that's how you come back and you just don't play well. Well, he looked like he was really going through it, and maybe some of that was, oh, we're losing, but it did look on TV anyway like, man, that guy's really struggling with something right now, and we think we know what. But I don't know. Mike Malone said we could see him, but we probably won't. So I don't think we will. And then if we do, I don't think it would be fair for anyone to expect really anything significant from him. Yeah, and there was also a piece by Mark Spears, I believe, after last night's game Michael Porter Jr. said he's trying to come back before the series is over, too. His is a back. This is a back, back injury. It's a yeah. back. He's had a bad back for a while. Oh, that's why he. That's why he dropped in yeah. the draft. He, yeah. Without that back injury, he would have been a top five pick. Mm-hmm. Um. So, you know, that could be a huge boost if they get one or two of those guys back. I just think it's too late in the season to have any sort of expectations from either of them. Yeah, I heard Scott Hastings on with Steinian Guru a couple weeks ago. They were asking about that, and he said he had talked. Scott Hastings used to play in the NBA, and he's a Nuggets broadcaster. And he had been talking to an orthopedist or someone, and he said, look, the experts will tell you it's really unrealistic to expect someone, in Jamal Murray's case anyway, to like come back and be able to do anything right away, especially you know, a playoff. It's not like, oh, Jamal Murray's back. Here they go, starting lineup. Uh, their second-best player is back. It's just it's physically not possible. I mean, we saw Clay come back after two and a half years. He struggled for a while. Um, he's finally starting to like look like Clay of the old and uh, play like Clay of the old. Uh, it would just be unfair to Jamal Murray. I get being a competitor and him himself wanting to get back and be out there for his guys. So I wouldn't blame Mike Malone if he threw him out there. Um, obviously, if he's physically ready. Uh, but that still doesn't mean I have to ex- expect anything from right. him. It's just too tough. And like you said, it's not even like he came coming back in the regular season. This is playoff. The intensity is even higher. It's just hard to fathom he could come back and really do much of anything because he's a scorer. He's a high-volume scorer, playmaker. It's not like what we were talking about with Ben Simmons where all he has to do is come back and, and guard people, which was already in his wheelhouse. Um, to ask Jamal Murray to do anything that made him Jamal Murray it would be it would be it's just be a tough a tough situation. I'm sure that he saw what we all saw and Porter saw the same thing which is wow this series looks like a, more of a mismatch than the regular season would suggest that it was. So if you're uh, Jamal Murray probably you are thinking all right I I got to come back, right? I got to help my team, but 
it's not realistic to think he can do much. So something to keep an eye on. I, I've always been a fan of his. I'd love to see him come back even just a little bit if it, you know, at least he gets that under his belt that I came back and played. But for him and Porter to be any kind of difference, if that's part of Denver's plan, um, that's not a very solid plan. Mm -mm. Uh -uh. I mean, yeah, it could rejuvenate the troops, you know, be an emotional lift. Yeah. I'm just, maybe. Yeah. I'm I'm grasping at straws, but. I think Porter and and Murray they could play game two, and I still wouldn't give the nut Nets. I still wouldn't give the Nuggets much of a shot. It's funny how I think maybe sometimes we overvalue that stuff. Going back to, and my history may be a little fuzzy here, but like 1969, it's Game Seven. The Lakers are playing the Knicks, and Willis Reed had just injured his knee, and he came back and started Game Seven, and he limped out of the tunnel. And he like hit a jump shot to start the game, and he made another jump shot. Then he didn't play. And Walt Frazier scored like 38 points and had 14 rebounds or something. But people go, oh, Willis Reed, Willis Reed. And I'm sure that gave the team a boost, but he only scored four points. So I don't know. I would love to see it for their sakes, but I just don't think it's going to amount to anything significant for the Nuggets if it comes to that. I thought it was really interesting. We talk about Jason, where's where they've been, you know, first playoff win at Chase. You can't help but reflect on opening a chase, and as you mentioned, you know, 15 and 50, uh, and then the next year, a uh, playing team. They've been looking at the worst since Durant left. I know we touched on this earlier, but they've been looking for, who's our next star? We need to get another star. We're going to get Giannis. Ah, uh, didn't work out. Maybe Embiid's available. Mm, didn't work out. Ben Simmons? You know, I don't think we want Ben Simmons. Maybe Hard's available. Uh, eh, we don't want him. Bradley Beal? No, nah, it didn't work out. And it looks like maybe in Jordan Poole, the guy they drafted in the first round in that gap year, it looks like he is that guy right now. And it would be it would be so appropriate if he turns out to be that guy, which I think he is, and they win a championship this year with homegrown talent because, remember, they won that first one with homegrown talent. They lost in 16, and then they brought in the import, the shiny toy, KD, and he got him too. Uh, and the Warriors took some criticism around from NBA fans around the world. Like KD did too. KD did too, right? A little bit. Oh yeah, KD did too. Whether you say it's fair or not, that's a whole different argument that I don't care to get into now. Plus, we only got about 10, 15 minutes left. But the fact remains, there was a lot of criticism, and he's gone now. So it would be really fitting for them to win with. A homegrown group again. Yep. Uh, and it could be a start of something new. And, you know, it might not be a five-year run like that other one was because, look, as good as Jordan Poole is, he's not Kevin Durant. Uh, but um, it would just be really fit. It would shut a lot of people up. It would also be a validation of the Warriors' culture. And their not franchise. They, yeah, not that they need validation because they did win those three, and they won one even before Durant got here. But we're a culture, you know, everybody's culture gets a boost when you're adding Kevin Durant. So to go through everything they've had to go through with the injuries to the core, Durant coming and then leaving, which we've talked about. We know when Durant left, I don't blame him for leaving. Don't blame the Warriors for bringing him in. But it left like a crater here. Mm -hmm. He's that good. When he left and they knew he was going to leave and they tried to keep him, it left like a big hole here for them to overcome that a couple years later to win it would be incredibly significant and validation of everything the Warriors have ever stood for. Yeah, we lost Kevin Durant to free agency and then two years later won a championship again. Yeah. Like, that's crazy. Yeah. And it's very possible <laughs> with the situation they're in right now. 
Um, yeah, I, I, I think it would shut a lot of people up. You know, Steph Curry winning at a, a finals MVP. I don't buy that. Like, that's the one thing. Well, literally, it's the one thing missing from his resume. But I don't I don't buy that it affects his legacy. Some people do. I don't buy that. Uh, his legacy is fine with or without that award. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But it would, it would be the last, like, piece. Like, all right, Steph gets himself a finals MVP. Um Unless Jordan Poole's averaging thirty all, yeah. all postseason, <laughs> um, but you 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 know what I'm saying, you know what I'm saying. Uh, it would just there's so many wrinkles to this story of this season and the the greater six seven years of this organization that if they win a finals this year, it would it would really be something. Do you think that they could get the type of validation we're talking about? Again, not that they need it, but it would be there. Can they get that even if they don't win at all? I mean, if they get to the conference finals and play well, is that kind of a, yeah, you know what? You didn't win at all, but, boy, you proved that you knew what you were doing and you proved what you were all about. No, I don't think at all. This is a win win or bust because even the players on this team say it. Steph Curry has three rings. Draymond has three rings. Andre has three rings. Like, they're not in this for any moral victories. Well, that takes us back to 2016, right? Great season, but sorry, you didn't uh, you didn't steal the deal. Yeah, no, they expect to win a championship. They want to win a championship. Anything short in their minds will be a disappointment. Um, why do you think they can beat the Phoenix Suns as great as if, they've been a great team this year? You know, greatness is defined in the postseason, but regular season they're a great team. So why do you think the Warriors can beat them? It just goes back to that simple point I made. Those those three pillars in this organization, Steph, Clay, and Dre, the three winningest basketball players of NBA history in the postseason. They've they've seen every situation. They've been in the rabbit hole with each other, shoulder to shoulder, for a decade now. They can win on the road in Oklahoma City. If they can win on the road in Houston, shoot, if they can win on the road in Cleveland, why not Phoenix? Now, Phoenix is good. I'm not saying it's going to be some cakewalk, but I just think it has what it takes. And how many times have we seen the story of Steph getting the upper hand on Chris Paul in a postseason situation? It's like a broken record. Yeah. Um, And I hate to say it, but Chris Paul and broken, I mean, he has a tendency. It happened last year. You know, he's an older player himself. Things tend to unravel, fall apart a little bit this time of year for him. I'm not wishing it. I don't like to see it, but it's a fact. It happens. Yeah. I he can, gets hurt. I can see Draymond Green punking DeAndre Ayton. I can just see it. Even though, and like, these are fine players. I'm a huge Ayton guy. I'm a huge Chris Paul guy. I call him the point guard. I think he's one of the top five point guards to ever play basketball. But I can you know, I, I can see Gary Payton the second and Andrew Wiggins, the combo of those two cutting off the water of Devin Booker for a couple games and not making him be Devin Booker. Um, I can just see it. I You know, it's more of a gut feeling. I don't think anyone can confidently be like, tell you what's going to happen because once you get two teams that good, like, you know, it's kind of pick your poison. Cause they did a good job on Eaton this year, the Warriors did, and they did a good job on Devin Booker too. Yeah. For sure. Oh, in the text line, someone just said Xfinity Mobile text line. Jimmy G is a winner too, but Jason hates him. That's not true. I was, I was calling for Jimmy to. I was Where calling. Where does that come from? I was calling. 
for Jimmy G to be the starting quarterback of the Niners all year. I thought the Trey Lance starting over him was nonsense. So okay. I don't, yeah. I, you guys must be getting me confused with with well, maybe Bonte. Um, and then Jason, are you smoking the same stuff as D'Angelo? A little too early for championship talk. Listen, somebody asked me my pick. I picked, postseason is here. It's not too early. To, I, yeah. I picked the Warriors to win the championship before yesterday's game. Yesterday's game just validated. Yeah. It made me more confident. So, you know, when someone asks me who I picked, I'm going to tell them. It's not It's not too early for me to give my prediction. I don't think it is too early. No, it's, it's April. What am it's I going to wait May. to the finals to be like, oh, I think the Warriors <laughs> can win a championship? That's the way some people would roll, but not Jason. You know, when Steph got hurt, remember what Steve Kerr said as he scrambled to find something positive? He said, silver lining, um, the guys will learn to play better while Steph's not there, and Steph will get some rest. Now, obviously, it was far from an ideal situation, but I think some of that has come true. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Jordan Poole and Clay they developed this unique chemistry amongst each other because it was a little, like, it was a little dicey between the two when they I first came I think the hug back. did it. The hugs what did yeah, it. Yeah, the, the hugs a couple. <laughs> was that? that was against the Lakers, was it? Uh where they had that right. big bear hug. Yeah, yeah it was, it was Clay against his big game. Yeah, yeah, it was against the Lakers because Clay always plays well when his dad is watching. And his almost dad, always. Yeah, yeah. His, his dad is working working for the Lakers. He does the color for them. Um, but yeah, when they first came back, Jordan went to the bench. He didn't really respond well to that. Clay wasn't playing well. Mm-hmm. People were like, "What's going on?" Right. Should should Clay have gone to the bench? Should Jordan have kept starting? There was a lot. There was a lot of and, and and it creeped into the locker room. I knew they heard all that because I don't know if you remember a couple weeks ago when Clay had that really weird tangent where he went off on like bandwagon fans. Yep. Um that was all in reference to kind of some of the noise that he should come off the bench yeah. and he shouldn't yeah. have taken Jordan Poole's spot. Yeah. And I was one of them. I I thought it would have been beneficial for Clay to come off the bench, at least initially. If Steph can come off the bench, yeah. Mm-hmm. If if Draymond can come off the bench, which he did earlier this year, why can't Clay come off the bench after injury? I think that's a fair question. It is, but that's is. in the past now because Clay's playing. And it better. worked, and you could say, well, if he hadn't played as much as he did, hadn't started, he wouldn't be where he is now. We don't know that, but okay, so we got to accept right. that, right? So, but here he is. Anyway, back to my larger point. It was dicey in the beginning between Jordan and Clay, and and between Clay and Wiggins, right? Yeah, it just. It was, it was a lot. I wasn't feeling the mojo or the vibes, whatever adjective you want to use. And um, Steph went out, and then Jordan started getting into this rhythm, and then Clay played through his rut. And credit to Steve Kerr, he never wavered publicly, at least. He was, his confidence never wavered in Clay. And Clay figured it out. Jordan and him had a couple big games together. They saw what it looked like. You saw that great embrace mm-hmm, at that mm-hmm. end of that Lakers mm-hmm. game. Now they have this unique chemistry. And to your point, I don't know if we would have gotten that chemistry if Steph never went out. Right, right. And how fortunate was that ultimately, as dismal, as depressing as that was when it initially happened. Here's, I think, the most encouraging thing of all for the Warriors right now. All the things that you're describing, you know, Draymond was out, going back even a little further. The Warriors, at the time of year when you want your team coming together, the Warriors were coming apart, right, with the injuries Mm -hmm. and Steph's out trying to figure things out. Clay struggling with not only his shooting, but then his shot selection. 
Draymond, is he going to be back? Yeah, we think so, but he's got the injury. Wiseman's not playing. Just at the time of year when you want your team coming together, things were going the other way for the worst, and they were losing games. And now, all of a sudden, it looks like, you know what? It all worked. Things don't always work like that in sports, and in life, typically, they don't. So there's going to be more ups and downs. But all these things right now have come together. Clay, boom, he's playing well. Wiggins played well in the playoffs. Poole's playing great. Steph's back. He looks healthy. Draymond looked like Draymond last night. It's almost miraculous the way right now when you need everything to, boy, let's hope it comes together. Fingers crossed. Let's see what it looks like against Denver. Boom. They were the Warriors again. 100%. Back back to the Xfinity Mobile text line. I got to call out Greg from SF. Greg says the three Golden State players ain't more winning postseason players than Bill Russell or Michael Jordan. So let's calm down with this Homer crap, Greg from SF. Greg, what I said is a fact, not an opinion. And I will read it to you right now because I still have the stat. The highest playoff win percentage in NBA history, Draymond Green and Klay Thompson are tied for first. They are 86 and 37 in their career in the playoffs. That's a 69% win percentage. Steph Curry, 68 win percentage, percent win percentage at 77 and 35 in his career. So this is not an opinion. It is a fact that the three most winningest players by percentage in NBA history in, in the, the postseason post yeah. are Draymond Green, Klay Thompson, and Steph Curry. So take that for your Homer stuff, Greg and SF. I just spit out some facts. Unfortunately, Greg, we're only on the air here for another 10 minutes or so. Um, so hopefully I'll, we'll be on again together. Hopefully you'll be back some point soon and so, so that Greg can respond. My guess is that he'll say, well, I'm talking rings, not percentage. But that's not the point. The point is what you said was factually correct. Yep. Yeah. You know, there's no, no three guys. Nobody has won at a better clip in the playoffs than those three guys, simply put. And that means something. Mm-hmm. You got that has to stand for something. So, you know, if you if you just go by the odds, more than likely those three are going to figure out a way to win because they always have. History just tells us that. From the four hundred eight, T Wolves will help the Warriors in wearing down Ja. He is already dragging. I agree. Yeah, it's not going to be any picnic playing against Patrick Beverly, is it? No, no, not at all, not at all. Um, I mean, Patrick or uh, Patrick Beverly, you know, he's. He knows what he's doing. He's made his career off that. Yeah. Who was it? That guy uh, was playing in, like, Romania for a while, and then he he, he got somebody on the Clippers thrown out or, or teed up. Almost. And, it was Marcus yeah. Morris. And what did what did Patrick Beverly do? He pointed to his head, yeah, like, yeah. I'm, so in I'm in your head. I'm That's what he head. does, and players still allow him to do it. Yeah. I, You know, he's a, he's a bug, and it's funny because he played for the Clippers for so long, so if anybody, they should have known his antics. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, speaking of things getting a little chippy, you mentioned earlier Clay and Aaron Gordon going out a little bit last night. Yeah, that was that was interesting. You think that was just frustration on Aaron Gordon's part, but Clay's not really known for that. No, it was just frustration. Uh, but Aaron Gordon, he's kind of chippy. He like he he gets into it with people, a lot of people. I'd be chippy too if I was three for ten. When I, I knew that if we're gonna win, I got to make these shots, and I can't make these shots. Yeah, it's a tough pill because right now, outside of Will Barton, he's probably their third most talented player uh, who's playing. And, shoot, he might be even more talented than Will. Um, so you got him ahead of Monte Morris? Yeah, for sure. And they need him to score. And that's just 
it puts a little too much pressure on him. I'm not, I'm not sure if he's that guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just not sure if he's that guy. And I, I, I'm a Aaron Gordon fan. Like, he has a cool story. I like the fact that he's a local Bay Area kid. Right. I always try to look, root for the local kids. When the Warriors were looking for that next star, even before they got Wiggins, a lot of people around here, fans anyway, were looking at, hey, Aaron Gordon. Why not get Aaron Gordon? Yeah, I mean, but... I don't think his game quite fits the way the Warriors play. Aaron Gordon, if I'm Aaron Gordon, I would ask Draymond Green, can I work out with you every offseason? Similar size, similar skill set. If, if, if they can... If he could replicate something like that, that type of game, that would be really big for for Aaron Gordon. Mm-hmm. But well, who knows? That speaks to the uniqueness of Draymond Green. Some people like Greg and SF, not big fans, think he's overrated. Um, certainly I think there have been times when it's been apparent Draymond kind of overrated. But this year I think perhaps more than any year other than, you know, 2016 Game 7, Draymond's shown how important he is to all this and how important he is at both ends of the floor if this Warrior team's going to have a chance to actually do anything significant in the postseason, right? I don't think you can call Draymond overrated. If you think this, so if Draymond were to get hurt and be out for the rest of the postseason. They have no chance. None. So if, if that's the case, which I agree with, there's no way you can call him overrated. If you can't win without him, how's he overrated? Mm-hmm. And it does look like he uh, he does have a playoff gear that he found last night yeah and again he's the winningest postseason player in nba history <laughs> you don't have to rub it in Jason. yeah, yeah he, he just is yeah. all right it's so not my opinion catch jason on tv tonight yeah crown four i'll be on at six eight nine ten but then at 10 30 to 11 30 i'll be on for an hour straight great to be with you again great to see you always enjoy the rest of your holiday pleasure and, is mine yeah all right and uh uh looking forward to your warrior coverage hopefully we'll be Back together on the radio soon. Alan Styles, Shamari Block are next right here on 95.7 The Game. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.